0: Welcome to MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's time again for the Bleed Blue Blood Drive competition between MTSU and Western Kentucky University. The Blood Battle 2019 is slated for 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. November 18th, 19th, and 20th in the MTSU Rec Center. Ray Wiley, Associate Director of Campus Recreation, is up to his hips in planning for this event to benefit the American Red Cross, and we'll tap a vein or two right after this.
1: Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU reminds first-time incoming freshmen that they must have complete applications on file with the MTSU Admissions Office by December 1st to be considered for scholarships. Since December 1st falls on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, anything students need from high school counselors has to be obtained before the holiday break. Complete applications include the admission form, the application fee, qualifying official ACT and or SAT test scores and qualifying official six-semester high school transcripts with cumulative GPA requirements. In addition, applicants have to be U.S. citizens or permanent residents. And Michael Baggerly's mixed-media sculpture, Ladylike, was awarded second place in the 2019 Irene Rosenzweig Biennial Juried Exhibition. The awards were announced during the exhibition's opening reception on October 10th at the Arts and Science Center for Southeast Arkansas in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. The show recognizes established and emerging Mid-South artists. The exhibition continues through January 4th of 2020. Baggerly, an associate professor of art, teaches sculpture and 3D design. For MTSU news at any time,
2: go to mtsunews.com.
0: Ray, welcome. Thank you for coming.
2: It's a pleasure to be with you again. Thank you for having me.
0: Remind us briefly of the results of last year's competition.
2: We were fortunate. We won last year's competition. We collected just slightly over 600 units of blood in the three-day blood drive against Western Kentucky University. We say it's a a competition, and it is, but it really benefits both communities. So we're, we're just excited to participate and be a partner.
0: And the blood, whatever blood the loser gets, still get put to use by the Red Cross in their community.
2: Absolutely. So really, there is no loser. Both communities are the winners.
0: What do the blood donors get out of it other than the satisfaction they're helping people?
2: Well, there are some external rewards in giving. It, It makes you feel great, first of all. People if you ask them, hey, how do you feel? Most people say, I feel great. You know, it, it's 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 a wonderful feeling to give, knowing that you've given back, you've helped at least three people, save three lives. But we are going to give some really cool t-shirts. Uh, it has both mascots on the shirt. It's a black shirt has uh, lightning and big red, and it says, "What color do you bleed?" It's it's going to be a collector's piece. So everybody who donates gets one of those. Also, we're having pizza. Uh, there'll be pizzas starting at about 11.15 all the way up to about 3, 3.30 during the day. Diane Turnham is, is also a part of the blood drive committee, and Diane has committed to give away some football tickets for the last home football game. And the Red Cross is going to give away a $5 Amazon gift card to each person who donates blood. So there's there's uh, a lot of rewards this year.
0: You say each uh donation will save three people's lives. I was wondering how that's possible when so many hospital patients require multiple pints of blood.
2: And sometimes that's true, and it may require, one person may require multiple units, but sometimes when they don't, they can pull platelets and things off of that blood and actually save multiple people just with one donation. Okay.
0: What is the status of the area blood supply around here?
2: You know I've been told that it's less than three days, which is about half of what we actually need. They would prefer it to be more five uh closer to five six days, so we're less than three, so that is is not a good uh scenario for us this uh summer, we did a a uh meeting with our colleagues from Western Kentucky and the Red Cross in Nashville uh in Charlotte Pike and got to see the collection center there in Nashville. And they took us downstairs and they showed us those shelves and the shelves were low, and they said under normal conditions these shelves are full, and uh, trust me they were not they were not full they were not anywhere close to being full. So I saw firsthand the results of depleted um, blood supply in this area and a, a fast growing population that needs more blood. So, we're having blood imported into this area for the first time in history.
0: And blood does not last forever. It has a relatively short shelf life, right? Right.
2: They can only get so many days out of that, but it's flying off of the shelf. So, it's not a matter of it being expired. It's just a matter of not having enough. So, hence the importance of this big three day challenge for both communities to have enough blood on hand to meet the demand of the people that live there.
0: What if? Somebody who's listening to this says, well, I, you know, I just got over the flu or I have a cold or something like that. What do they need to know about their own physical condition in order to be able to come in and donate?
2: Well, there are certain medications that would restrict or limit people from giving blood, but there is a a list that's supplied for folks. But if they're not taking any uh, current antibiotics, if they're feeling well, most people are eligible to give
0: even if they are diabetic?
2: There are certain criteria that people have to to meet. And if they go to redcross.org, mm-hmm. they can look and find anything that might exclude them, such as low iron, uh, weight limits, that kind of thing.
0: Is everything by appointment or can you just drop in?
2: No, you can walk in. We do accept walk-ins. In fact, we, we welcome those just as, as much as our appointments. However, it may take a little bit more time to collect the blood. You may have to wait a few minutes longer.
0: We'll take a break right here. We'll be <coughs> back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record.
3: The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERRA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERRA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace, Many MTSU faculty belong to Terra, which has members in 20 states and seven nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research and progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to MTSUnews.com.
0: We're talking about Blood Battle 2019 with Ray Wiley, Associate Director of Campus Recreation, who is helping plan the annual event. For the American Red Cross, November eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth, in the rec center, eleven a.m. to six p.m. each day, you can donate blood. And uh, the university that collects the most blood gets bragging rights for another year. And uh, what does the trophy look like?
2: It's it's a round bowl. It has a, a plate on it, and it has each year uh, the winner and the number of units collected. It's it's pretty coveted. We mm-hmm. look forward to keeping it here in Murfreesboro for another year. That's our goal anyway.
0: <laughs> what's the atmosphere like uh, during Bleed Blue for people who have never been in the uh, atmosphere?
2: It's, it's great. I mean, uh, what's neat is you see our entire community, not just the campus community, but our local community rallying around a single goal, and that's to help save lives and to give back to each other. So uh, as we inch closer to Thanksgiving, I think it's only appropriate that we reflect on our many blessings. And being healthy, being able to give blood is really a privilege because uh, there are people out there that would like to that, for whatever reason, can't. So uh, for those of us that are healthy, able-bodied individuals that have been blessed, it's it's a way to give back.
0: And it's not just about the campus community too. I mean, you can come from anywhere and uh, you won't have to uh, engage in kamikaze parking tactics this year.
2: No, the, that's that's another benefit. And I've been told that there, the people that give who are on tight schedules really appreciate the fact that we reserve those 16 spots in front of our building and we have student volunteers that will be out in front wearing the Red Cross vest and moving the sawhorses for people to come in and, and find a spot to park and walk inside, give their blood, uh, eat some pizza, eat a snack, get some game tickets, and get their um, email that indicates the $5 advantage for the Amazon purchase.
0: Where do you get your volunteers?
2: Um We've really been doing that for about a month now. I have some of my students that work for me at Campus Rec, and my graduate assistant and some of the office staff have been tabling at the library and at the union and at the rec center, various places on campus. And we have a link, and we've we've kind of tapped into all of our sources. Uh, you know, Delaney has helped us with SGA. Uh, we'll send it out to fraternities, sororities, the nursing students. Diane Turnham has been great because she'll put it out to all the athletic teams. So we have a hodgepodge collection of students. We need nine of them to assist per hour of the drive. And so far, day one and day two are completely full. We're trying to recruit for day three now of the drive.
0: That's amazing that that many people would step forward, uh, especially this time of year, because... um, It's getting close to the holidays, and people are going to be studying for finals before you know it, and yet they're pitching in.
2: They are, and, you know, not all of them need these hours for community service. Some do for their organizations, which is fine, and we'll gladly sign off on that. If they donate blood, they get so many hours credit, or if they volunteer to work the canteen to make sure that people leave well-hydrated or with something in their stomach, you know, some pizza or crackers or cookies or something, or they're working volunteer registration to make sure people have signed in properly to get credit for their donation, or they're out there with a vest on working in the parking lot and making sure that those spaces stay protected for the people coming in to to make the donation of life-saving blood.
0: The last time I donated blood, they were giving out orange juice after people donated to make sure they didn't leave woozy. Are they still doing that?
2: Absolutely. There's uh, grape juice, uh, cranberry juice, orange juice, Sprite. I don't think they're doing any caffeinated beverages, but plenty of uh, different types of sorted snacks, cookies, crackers. But we've got a little more substance with the pizza mm-hmm. uh, that the Red Cross purchases as well. Not to mention the the nice T-shirts that people really enjoy wearing.
0: Why do you think people turn out for this event
2: year after year after year? You know, uh, Diane and I and others on the committee that that help plan this each year, we've asked that question and we're always amazed at the turnout. You know, you you think that yeah, we think we're going to have a good turnout and we hope we have a good turnout. But the students and the faculty and staff here on our campus are very giving people, and uh, we live in the volunteer state for a reason. I think I think it's just kind of ingrained in people to to realize and recognize that we are blessed, that we live in a great state, and it, it, it's it's our civic duty to give back and and to find ways. and I, And I love the blood drive for that reason. It, it brings out the best in our campus, in our students, in our faculty and staff, and it's kind of a a, a, neat, a neat thing that brings this campus together, and, and, and I feel like we need that. So in, in, in a way, the, the blood drive serves a great purpose just by uniting our campus to a common cause.
0: Time for another break. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU On The Record.
4: The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers' camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
3: The Tennessee Early Childhood Training Alliance, or TECTA, works to improve the quality of child care in Tennessee by establishing a statewide training and professional recognition system. Through TECTA, child care providers may be eligible for free orientation training, tuition support for early childhood academic courses, and networking opportunities, as well as other services. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: We're talking about Blood Battle 2019, which is scheduled for 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. November 18th, 19th, and 20th in the MTSU Rec Center. It's the competition between MTSU and Western Kentucky University to see who can... Uh, collect the most blood donations for the Red Cross. And Ray Wiley is the Associate Director of Campus Recreation, who is uh, here to talk about that. What is your specific role vis-a-vis this event? Are you and Diane Turnham sort of co-chairing it, or how how do you divvy up the responsibilities here? Well,
2: Diane and I have served on this committee since the beginning, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Gloria Bonner, years ago, was the chair of the committee, and she got a great group of people together and once she retired I kind of took that responsibility over but I, I don't think I could do this at all without Diane because uh she's she's the right arm that makes this thing go um you know athletics really uh, uh through the direction of Chris Massaro years ago he Chris uh helped bring this tradition here uh from another campus it was South Carolina and Clemson that used to have a similar Uh, blood battle years ago where Chris came from. (laughs) And he kind of brought that idea here. And we tried it. We proposed it between us and one of our biggest rivals, Western Kentucky University. And they agreed to it. And the rest is history. And since then, we've just been going all out to try to win this thing and to give back to the community. So it's a great cause. But my my role is just to facilitate and coordinate and, and, and help make sure that we're prepared as best we can to, to do our best.
0: Does it necessarily follow that the team who wins the blood battle will also win the football game, <laughs> or is there no correlation there? There's really
2: not. I wish that were true because we would have a stronger record overall <laughs> in the football uh, challenge, but no, uh, it it we've we've kind of got an advantage on them right now. I think uh, they've only won it a couple of times, so I think we're eight and two right now. We want to keep that tradition going. <laughs>
0: and the rec center is the perfect place to have it because you have a lot of room. It's an ample size building. Plus, both the uh, doctor's clinic and the pharmacy are right there within the building, just in case anybody has a bad reaction.
2: Yes, yes. And we've been fortunate. I mean, people have gotten lightheaded and and excessively tired after giving before, but they tend to put them on a, a separate bed there right at the blood drive, let them rest, get some extra fluids in them, and then they're fine.
0: Do the Red Cross people work in shifts? I mean, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. is a pretty long time. You must have both their people and your people working in shifts.
2: We do. uh, We are working in shifts. And here's the thing. Uh, The the last few years, we've been uh, going from 10 o'clock until 6. And this is the first year that we have shaved an hour off of the schedule. But In doing that, we're able to actually keep the Red Cross first shift there for the entire drive. So we're hoping that that increases productivity overall for the drive. But the students typically, the student volunteers will come in and usually work a two-hour shift.
0: And this doesn't count the amount of time you have to prepare to set up.
2: No, it does not, and you know that that does require some time and all the pre-planning that goes on. It, this we re- we actually start this whole process over again about six months out. So the committee is starting to meet. We we were meeting this summer, for example, to in preparation for this.
0: Well, that's about how far out you have to reserve a building at this campus, because if you don't plan that far in advance, somebody else will have booked the hall.
2: That's a very good point, because uh, what we do is um, Diane and I talk, and as soon as she tells me the date of the Western Kentucky MTSU football game, we will go ahead and make plans to have the discussion with The Red Cross and our colleagues at Bowling Green to say, all right, this is this is the day of the scheduled game. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before it. Correct. And we we get our agreements in place and then we we put our request in for reservations.
0: So when will you know the results? Is there a big reveal at halftime or how does that work?
2: Yes. Usually uh right after halftime, uh, the first time out of the third quarter, they'll bring both schools out. Um and some sometimes it's Diane, sometimes it's Christmas sorrow, sometimes it's myself. Uh I think this year I'm scheduled to go to walk out on the field with one of their representatives and the Red Cross and they'll they'll make the official announcement, but neither school knows before the the final tally is given. So there's a an air of excitement and energy. You know, you really don't know uh, what either school is doing uh, mm-hmm. during the week. So, you know, you might hear a, a whisper of, yeah, I think we're a few units ahead after the first day, but you don't really know because you're not there and and they don't know either. So there's that nervous excitement that is building throughout the three days
0: and only the red cross knows for sure
2: only the red cross knows
0: you think the fact that western kentucky's mascot looks like a blood clot will <laughs> work in mtsu's favor
2: <coughs> that's so funny a lot of people have said that you know like oh he's he's big red you know it would be a perfect tie-in to uh and then uh we we try to make sure that there's enough blue mt blue like for example on the t-shirt just to make sure that we're well represented on that on that color scheme.
0: Is the game here or there?
2: It, it's in Bowling Green this year.
0: If there, you, if we didn't have this sort of relationship with with Western Kentucky. Can you think of anybody else on the MTSU schedule that might fill the bill? I mean, Western Kentucky seems to have been uh, this great traditional rival long before this blood fight started.
2: I think so, and I think that kind of lent to the, the idea of inviting them to participate in this, just that natural history that we've had with them, with the different leagues that we've both been in from all the way back to the OVC days. So, yes, there's that natural rivalry that's kind of built in there, the close proximity, similarities in the school, the type of recruitment that goes on for students, that kind of thing. But I would say from a a competitive standpoint on the athletic field, maybe uh, UAB could, could be the potential there. In fact, we had talked about um at at some point maybe inviting them in to make this a three-way battle but that hasn't come to fruition yet so that that may be something we'll take a look at in the future
0: that would complicate your life a little bit wouldn't it it
2: really would you know we would we could see the benefit of collecting so much more blood but at the same time you have to be careful not to strain resources
0: Yeah. What is it like to try to arrange the logistics of this? Because uh, there are so many things that you have to take care of. If you end up on the day of and you realize that some base didn't get covered, it's like, oh, no, no, no. I couldn't believe that I forgot that.
2: There's a there's a checklist that I that I go by. I'm a checklist guy. I've I've got to go down and, and, and make sure that I'm I'm doing everything that needs to be done. The you know, the date. It all starts with the date. So once that's set, we have to confirm really quickly that one, our facility is available and we can get that book. And two, that we call our colleagues there to say, Hey, these dates work for us. Will they work for you? once that's set then everything it sets everything else into motion but yes i have to write some work orders to make sure that we have enough power to supply all the machinery that's necessary for all the 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 red cross staff the red cross has to be uh front and center on everything to to ensure that they have enough supplies and enough staff to collect all the blood that we anticipate then the big thing is the the recruitment of volunteers we we can't do this without them we know that we need uh like i said 9 per hour for 3 straight days from 11 to 6 is is a lot of people a lot of staff but we need those folks to do the various jobs during the drive just so that we can maintain some normalcy and and get people in and out in a timely fashion and that that's critical too you you don't want to make your Your donors wait too long. Otherwise, you won't get them again. You get one shot at getting this right. So you want to make sure you hit a home run.
0: You will hack them off and they will get up and go because they have other things to
2: do. Exactly. And they can't spend their entire afternoon just trying to uh, collect, you know, give a donation. They just can't do it. So if we can keep that right about an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes, we're doing good. And, And that's in and out the door.
0: The Recreation Center, for those of you who have never been on campus, is on the eastern side of the campus, just off of Rutherford Boulevard. Uh, You can go in through the roundabout or you can go in the uh, other street goes past the daycare center and then turn. And as Ray said, there will be 16 spaces set up there uh, reserved. And uh, I I take it you will have some alternate information for them in the event those 16 spaces are filled.
2: Correct. Yes, we could open up the area behind the side of our building there uh, on our sun deck. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, in fact, some of the Red Cross staff will be parking there because we don't want any of our uh, workers uh, from the Red Cross to get tickets. So we allow them to park there. We could put a few more cars there if we had an overflow. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those people that use MapQuest, we're located at 1848 Blue Raider Drive Mm -hmm. if they need to put that in their GPS. And that'll get them front and center of our building right in front of where those reserved parking spots will be
0: and if anybody gives you a hard time the head of parking and transportation is ron malone (laughs) that's m-a-l-o-n-e ron malone
2: yeah he'll thank you for that yeah i'm sure
0: (laughs) uh ray wiley thank you for being our guest and for uh talking up the blood battle november 18th 19th and 20th 11 to 6
4: in the rec center
2: it's a pleasure thank you so much for having me
4: we'll be right back the American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to MTSUnews.com.
3: The Experiential Learning Scholars Program at MTSU gives students a chance to go outside the classroom and obtain hands-on experience in their chosen fields of study. They'll have the opportunity to give something back to the community through service learning as they gain acceptance for graduate study. Students should be able to select EXL-designated courses from major requirements and general studies requirements to complete the 16 to 18 hours of EXL coursework. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to
4: mtsunews.com.
0: Randy Weiler has the middle moment.
4: The MTSU Agritourism Club's Winter Village, where children meet Santa Claus and have an agricultural themed Christmas holiday experience, occurs from 9 a.m. to noon Saturday, December 7th. In the Tennessee Livestock Center, Elena Vaught, instructor and head of the Agricultural Education Leadership Program, shares more.
0: Winter Village, presented by the MTSU Agritourism Club, is going to be extra special uh, with a lot of great uh, activities for children to participate in. Adults are $10, children 3 years to 12 years old are $5, or they are free with the donation of three non-perishable food items that will be donated to the MTSU Student Food Pantry. Children 2 and under are free. They will get to see all different species of farm animals. There's a photo opportunity with Santa. MTSU chocolate milk and cookies. We will have a straw maze. We'll have several crafts that each child will be able to do. That's MTSU on the Record.
3: I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com, Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.